Hello, and welcome to On Staging, a community theater-focused discussion podcast highlighting the development and staging of community theater productions in Calgary and surrounding area. Today, I'm excited to have the opportunity to meet with Charlotte Lepke and Harold Squire with Imagine Theater. Imagine Theater was founded in 2019 as Imagine Performing Arts and has rebranded in 2023 as Imagine Theater. Imagine has done six community theater productions in Calgary and upcoming on November 4th will present a fundraiser at a secret location that you will learn on the day you purchase tickets and go through an email process and then you'll get a notification of something and then things will happen that I am overjoyed and super excited to learn more about. You may be familiar with Charlotte Lepke as her work with Calgary Community Theatre is diverse and varied, going back to her role in the chorus in Morpheus's 2009 production of Patience, if not earlier than that, because it was then followed by her 2011 Cat Award nomination as the stage manager for Storybook Theatre's production of Les Miserables. Children Edition. Charlotte was then nominated again in 2013 for supporting actress in a play for Morpheus's The Diary of Anne Frank, and recently was nominated four times at the 2023 Cat Awards, taking home two wins for her work on Gone to Glory and The Railway Children. Charlotte is the artistic director for Imagine Theatre and wears a lot of hats in theatre around Calgary as a teacher and former adjudication committee lead for Calgary. Calgary Acts. Harold Squire is the technical director for Imagine Theatre and has been nominated four times for Cat Awards, taking home two for Soundscape for Woman in Black and the Railway Children this year. Harold graduated from the University of Calgary with a degree in music and theatre and has performed with the University of Calgary, Badlands Passion Plays, and is a musician and sound designer. Harold, Charlotte, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for having us. So, what's going on with Imagine Theater? Right now, we're working on our fundraiser, our super secret fundraiser. That secret that we don't want people to go to it, but... Oh, no, no. We want (laughs) all the people to come to it. Absolutely. All the curious people to come and find out where it is and what's happening. Yeah. And just for the record, it is the first annual Society Fundraiser Gala. First annual Society Fundraiser Gala. Yes. And you're not far off on your method of <laughs> of arriving at the right location. You're just missing the car. <laughs> There's a car. There's a car. Oh. Yeah. We won't know anything until you get the email about the car or yeah. do we know about the car already? There'll be a car. There'll be a car. Yeah. <laughs> like we'll be transported by car or that just is, there's just a car that's relevant to the night. There's transportation and there's cars involved. So if you've seen the Woody Allen film Midnight in Paris. Okay. There's a car. If you get into that car, you time travel. Oh, okay. I've never seen a single Woody Allen film ever. So unfortunately, I'm not familiar with his work, but I am familiar with time travel cars. So there you go. Do we have to go 88 miles per hour? We can't reveal that information. <laughs> yeah. The answer to that is no. That's a ridiculous <laughs> speed. <laughs> But what's going on generally with Imagine Theatre? There's been some big changes over there, and you have a whole new idea and a whole new direction, whole new board, whole new name. You guys have been around since 2019 and made your way through the pandemic. What's going on with Imagine Theatre? Yeah, I joined up with Imagine in 
2019. Um, that was the woman in black here. Yeah. And Jen and... John and Jen. So that was just prior to my joining. Oh, okay. There was Heroes and Villains around that time. I did Front of House. That was my first experience into it. Daryl Lindebach was running it at the time. And um, So how did you become involved? So I did Front of House. I did ticket sales for Heroes and Villains. So how did you find out about that? Did you... There's a connection between music and play, which is a music school and theatrical school to a certain extent that Daryl and his wife, Colleen, run. I'm employed there. So I heard about the musical through just an email that was saying, hey, we need front of house people. Does anybody want to volunteer? Right. So I, I said, sure, that sounds fun. I have no clue what to do. But they were like, yeah, come on, jump in, just go for it. So I did that. Daryl was quite impressed. He was like, you want to come do it again? I think I did it a second night. And then um, just kind of as a joke at the next meeting that we had to renew my contract with Music and Play, I said, hey, I'm interested. You want to go for coffee for more of Imagine Theater stuff? And Daryl was like, yeah, absolutely. So we met for coffee. He presented a couple of different scripts, one of which was The Woman in Black, mm -hmm. and then joined up. And again, I had at that point done a lot of music, but not a lot of design or much control or engineering really i knew right. what a soundboard was and i knew how to run it but that was yep. about it and so very sheepishly was like hey i think this might be fun to try but i don't know what to do and daryl said well that's where everybody starts so jump in and let's see what we can do and he pushed me a lot there was a lot of like i would put together a sound effect um there's one that recurs a lot in that show of a pony pulling a trap so a, a little mm -hmm. wagon right there's a couple different variations of them or whatever i threw a couple together and I thought they were okay. And then Daryl went, well, why stop it? Okay, go go more. You know what you're supposed to do. I could describe the sound effect to him. So he said, we'll just go and work on it. So anyway, that pushed me up to getting a cat award, I guess, for that. That's awesome. So, and it was a very good soundscape. Was, I had a ton of fun doing it. And there's been a ton of talk and communication about it and a lot of love that was shared by a lot of people who saw it. That's about awesome. the soundscape and how, how much of a character it was in that show. Yeah. So kudos to that. Thanks. And then you just stuck on ever since. Yeah. I stuck around just kind of as a director at large for the first little bit. Then for a year or for a season, I was the treasurer. I oh, tried. fun. Yeah. That was, no, sorry, not the treasurer, secretary. Oh, less fun. Less fun. Yes. But still, yeah, still fun. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You're just writing down the things that people say and sending exactly. out emails. When you're the treasurer, it's like, here's the money, pay these people. And you're like, okay yeah yeah exactly it seems so much more responsible than like just taking notes totally so did that for a while and then this last well, i guess this season i'm the vice president as well oh my goodness yeah look at you so i'm on the board been on the board and and involved with in charge all the shows. of everything pretty much i'm lovingly referred to as the wizard i, oh. I wear just as many hats as, as charlotte or slightly less sometimes. But That's yeah. a great segue. So you wear a lot of hats, Charlotte. His hats are more pointy than mine. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yours are rounded. <laughs> That's an interesting thing to be either jealous of or like, <laughs> you know, condemning of. Like, ooh, him and his pointy hats. <laughs> and they're not even real hats. They're all imaginative. Oh, totally. <laughs> You've worn a lot of hats just in Calgary at large and done a lot of things with a lot of different theater companies in Calgary. What led you to Imagine? I joined the Calgary scene in 2008 oh, wow. with an FRC show. Yeah. 
and never looked back. Love the community. So many talented, exciting and fun people to work with. Definitely. I spent three years doing adjudications where I kind of backed off of production and I just went and saw the shows and learned how to evaluate productions. And one of the companies that was really standing out for me was Imagine. Their productions were quality and really resonated with what I wanted to create as an artist. And so I um, contacted Daryl and said, hey, do you need more people? And he said, yeah, do you want to co-direct Love Letters, a show that he had on the back burner? So we ended up co-directing a a pandemic era show called Love Love Letters, put it on in a tiny little Loft 112 with a 25-person audience. And we actually spent a year directing it because the pandemic kept postponing how things could happen in Calgary. And over that course of time, we worked with these actors who grew and grew and Daryl and I learned to work together. And then we ended up directing Gone to Glory this past season. And then uh, Daryl realized he needed to step back from all the hats he was wearing with Imagine and handed off the horse and cart to the rest of us. Why didn't you just say hat? The hat? (laughs) Yes, I guess there's a hat. Some kind of sorting hat that we all end yes. up wearing. Yes. yes. Ooh, I like that. And here we are looking at uh, some money-making uh, fundraising activities so that we can move into the next phase of mm-hmm. Imagine, yeah. which is also really exciting. Totally. Yeah. So what's the next phase of Imagine? We would like to put on the Chronicles of Narnia. Ooh. That's our goal. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Our plan at this point is to go ahead with the Magician's Nephew in March. So Charlotte and I and a few handfuls of other people have been talking about different ideas and stuff they've been percolating. So that would be kind of a long-term thing. But yeah, go a show and a thing at a time and see how things progress. Is he progress. intent to do a Chronicles of Narnia and something else every year? And as well now, the going forward, the second annual fundraising gala and the third annual fundraising gala? Yeah, to put it succinctly, yes, all of the above. Something Great. to that effect. Yeah. Will the intent be to do more than that down the road or is it to do a show and a Chronicles of Narnia going forward? Because that's at least eight years worth of stuff right there. Yeah. We're at a real transition point in yeah. in the company. So if momentum builds, we could definitely use a, a few more people in yeah. the production side of things. So if we can attract more interested production team members and and get some momentum going then i think the sky's the limit absolutely it it comes down really in my mind at least to the number of hats you're wearing yeah directly relates to how little time you have to do any of those jobs so more people is definitely necessary and being able to squeeze more time out of the day i guess i will say you are not alone every community theater company i have spoken to in the last several months is also looking for production people looking for stage managers looking for technical directors looking for treasurers many of them are hopeful that there will be more people coming out of the woodwork now that the pandemic is slowly trickling into something we talk about fondly in a past scenario as opposed Mm -hmm. to something that we all recognize is still in among us and not done with. But nonetheless, Imagine has enough people to put together this great, amazing fundraiser so that you can go on and do The Magician's Nephew this year, as well as potentially something else? Or is that just the intention to do just The Magician's Nephew this year? That's correct. At this point, that's the That's the goal. The stated aims. Excellent. I love that. So tell me about this fundraiser. 
I have seen the poster and the teaser details. It looks very exciting. I will not lie to the listener. I was at the Imagine Theater AGM and the subsequent discussion post. I am aware of a lot more details about this thing than you probably will be told as of now. But what can we tell the delighted listener and to encourage them into buying tickets to this wonderful thing that's happening on November 4th? We are in a season of time travel. We have declared that our our theme for this year. And so we thought it would be really, really fun to provide an immersive time travel experience for our patrons. So we are taking the evening back to 1923, 100 years ago. The building in which our fundraiser will happen was built around that time. Mm-hmm. And so we have an era appropriate venue. Are people getting dressed up? What are what are the expectations for your patrons to attend this Wayback Machine mm-hmm. on November 4th? Everyone involved on the volunteer side will be dressed for the times. So 1923 costume. And uh, we encourage our guests to play the game as well. Come dress up. I know it's uh, we're coming up on Halloween now, so it might be a good time to go and, you know, scout out something that might fit that era of the flappers. Yeah. How often do you get to wear spats and flapper dresses? Right. Yeah. And not enough time. The lingo of the time was flappers, dappers and dandies. So Mm -hmm. lots to think about there. We've got a live band lined up. Uh, We've curated set list that is is it a big band appropriate it is not a big band but will they be like a big band or yeah we've got similar instruments there'll be a trumpet player there'll be guitar bass piano got a drum set all that stuff we'll have some poetry potentially we've got some vocalists singing yeah and yeah an evening that is chock full of many events will the singing be of the times as well, or there'll yes. be modern stuff that'll be taken to a postmodern jukebox style. And like, <laughs> We've know. had that request come up, but I think, <laughs> I think in this instance, I think it would be really cool to really delve into the oh, yeah. authentic experience of it. Absolutely. So maybe a future one we might oh, have. A- and if you wear a little black Chanel dress to this event, that is of the times because Coco Chanel is a huge figure in 1920s. Oh, I did not know that. There you go. There yeah. we go. I've Little black dress. Pull that That's Chanel right there. Out of the closet. Yeah. yeah, and you're right of the times. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. This That's is awesome. wonderful. And so, when does it all kick off? Like I seen from the thing, it's around seven thirty, seven o'clock. Doors will open at seven thirty. Ooh, there's doors. Okay, we're getting there closer to knowing where this place <laughs> so, is. Because we are reenacting a prohibition era type of event, it may not be one hundred percent simple to get into the venue. So you may need a password. Oh my. You may have to be scrutinized by someone at the door and make sure that you are not undesirable, as in, (laughs) you know, an officer of the law who might want to shut this down. Although we have done our background work and we do have permits and all those good things. Oh, good. That's great. You know, none of our guests will get arrested. We'll just say that. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I, I see where you've gone with that. And that arresting may very well still happen but it won't happen to any of your the wonderful guests okay i see 
there's nods and winks and whatnot <laughs> happening here <laughs> and smiling knowingly. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, this isn't as complex as, as it all makes out to if you want to come, if you've got a ticket to this event, you're going to get to go to this event. It's This Absolutely. isn't an escape room or an escape to the room scenario here. If you make a mistake, something happens. You're going to find your way in there. That's correct. Great. Yes. We, yeah. we value our patrons and they shall be treated as such. That's yes. wonderful. Okay, so what is the atmosphere? I mean, we've talked 1920s, Prohibition era, big band music, stylings of the 20s. It was a, a hip, roaring time. The stock market was in a rage. Like Everybody had money. Things were going very, very, very well. What's the atmosphere like from your perspective? What are you hoping to achieve just from the event itself? A lot of fun. <laughs> That's I'm, a good I'm, answer. I'm hoping for a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it is a, a fundraiser, so the the truth be told, we're hoping to raise a bit of money. Right. I right? mean, but that's always the back end but, of the fundraiser here. But what's the atmosphere like when we go into the space? You want to bring out the 1920s. Is there any other themes when you're thinking about a, a show and you guys have done amazing work with Woman in Black, with Gone to Glory, with the Railway Children? All of those shows have had very astute, very visual themes that you can immediately see where you are and what's going on. What's the intent with this fundraiser? Because it does seem to be not just a fundraiser. It is an event. Yeah, I would say we're going for an immersive experience where you might just need to pinch yourself and go, is it really 1923? Is it, or is it really 2023? Where am I? How did I get here? That's um, amazing. Yeah. And that's what we've been communicating to our performers as well. You are in character the whole time. Yeah. If you go up on stage, uh, you're going to come off the stage and it might be a little bit like the old Muppet show. You know, mm. there, there, were, there was more drama backstage than there was in the performance. So we want our performers to have some fun with this as well oh, and to live out that evening as if it was 1923. Oh, awesome. But yeah. 1923 Calgary is a very different place than 1923 New York or 1923 Paris. Yes. Um, is it kept to Calgary it, or is it more of a metropolitan big city like we are now sort of feel? Not just transporting back to 1923 Calgary, but it'll be like 1923 Paris with the sort of stylings and whatnot, or? I think it's probably a bit thematic where, yeah, we will be tapping into a bit of the, the New York and... Right, you the know, metropolitan the, the city feel. feel. Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes good sense. Because yeah. 1923 Calgary was a very different 1923 location yeah. with like cowboy boots and a lot of fighting... <laughs> Empty fields and tumbleweeds. <laughs> Calgary was incorporated in 1905. Yeah. So by 1923, it was a pretty happening place. And Inglewood is kind of the location where things started to build and grow from mm -hmm. Fort Calgary where it was. But by 19 by 1923, the graveyard was already on the hill and it was outside the city limits. Right. Uh, which is saying a lot about yeah. <laughs> the value of the real estate of that graveyard at this day and age and how old it is. But uh, Calgary in 1905 and 1920. 23 was a pretty thriving place at that point, especially as the railway has gone through here already. Mm, true. And just made this place a big ball of money and illicit behavior. I'll say that. <laughs> it was so, the Wild West. It, the Wild West. It, it was less wild at that point than it had been before Calgary was incorporated in 1905, but it definitely was pretty heinous. It's a good word to use for it hmm. in all of the sub-definitions of that word. 
Anyway, so we're we're not necessarily 1923 Calgary, but definitely that 1923 spirit. Yes. If, if some old cowboy stumbles in down the <laughs> stairs, we'll welcome him with open arms. Absolutely. <laughs> definitely. All right. Yeah. But we won't necessarily think that that person's a performer at the night. <laughs> so will we be able to, if we're all dressed in 1920s as patrons and we're all dressed in our spats and flapper dresses as dandies as we are, there's no, no smoking though, correct? Correct. Okay, good. So let's no no vaping, no e-cigarettes. That's not of the times and no cigarettes either. Correct. Because that's just terrible for everyone's health around you. No, but gin was around. It was. Why do you bring that up? Oh, well, we just happen to have a, a partner and a sponsor for our event. Two Rivers Distillery are going to oh, be providing nice. the beverages. And they the are evening. a local Calgary distillery. They are. And their specialty is gin. There will be lots of gin drinks or are we looking at... We're looking at vintage cocktails. Okay. And so they know the history and yep. they will be providing some uh, interesting historical concoctions Great. for sale at the event. Bring your yes. pickled onions. They also have non-alcoholic cocktails. Yes. Oh, so good. Yes. We're, yeah, we're happy to provide. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I won't lie. I am trying to convince my wife that uh, what we should do is Uber there and Uber home. But Excellent. that is not a short Uber drive from our house out here deep in the southwest of Calgary. So we'll figure it out from there. But that leads me. You've got a you've got a sponsor. Is there food as well? Should that be expected? Is there like crudité and hors d'oeuvres? Food will be available for purchase. Oh, excellent. So yes. there's that as well. So bring your pocketbooks. Is there a silent auction? Yes, there yes, is. There is. We're still in the process of collecting more items for it, but there's at this point there's artwork, tickets to Theater Calgary, a, a number of items. There's a gift basket. There's mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different stuff. Are hat? there any hats? Ah, well, we perhaps we could uh, look into that. And so I, I interrupted. There were more things for this silent auction. So bring your pocketbooks. Is the silent auction also going to be online or is it just in the space on that day? It will be in the space on Ooh. that day on location only. Okay. Yes. I mean, that's what you want from this sort of event. Silent auction, food, beverages, band. What else? Anything else you want to tease? Dance floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. Yeah. We do have a little posting that shows you how to dance the Charleston. So if you want to come prepared, you know, get out on that dance floor, look like you know what you're doing. That's or awesome. Or just flail around either way. It's all good. That's what everybody did back then anyway. I haven't moved past that. It's great. Works yep. in pretty much every situation. Just keep just, flailing. Just flail. And there might be a fortune teller present. Oh, might be. Or will there be also a fortune? We Well, I guess only the fortune teller will know that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Perfect. I would be remiss to not ask this question, answer it or not if you will, but you are a theater company who puts on theatrical productions and have a plethora of actors at your disposal. Are we going to be invited to some entertainment from a theatrical capacity while we're there? Or is that uh, not something we're allowed to know going into this event? I would say there is definitely a theatrical element to the entertainment. Oh, excellent. Yes, that would be correct. That's awesome. I have like immediate thoughts of Tony and Tina's wedding and I'm like, that's a bit far and much for a theatrical fundraiser. Because remember, folks, they don't have any money. They want money. So something like that would be complicated and beyond the scope of what this very small, very many hat wearing company has to offer at this time. But that is exciting. I I won't lie. Ever since I heard about it, I've scheduled it in my calendar. This is something I've been looking forward to since I went to your AGM. 
and since I've heard from other people, how are ticket sales going? At this point in time, I would say they're rather slow. We're hoping to kick things up a notch. Uh, We are told that Calgary is a city where the last two weeks before an event is when tickets start to show up. So that is about now. And yeah, today I saw some things pick up. So that's good. Is that something you're monitoring every day or every hour of every day or every Uh, five minutes? Every 15 minutes. Well, yeah. (laughs) I won't lie. Untold Stories is also doing a fundraiser that's coming up this Saturday this the 20th and the 21st here Friday and Saturday. And that one's great. I'm looking forward to that one as well. But they too, GAD is checking how many tickets have sold. Is this going to be successful from a fundraising perspective of having sold the tickets? You're not alone there when it comes to these sorts of fundraising, the stress and anxiety that comes from we have now decided to say yes to doing it. Is it going to be successful? Yeah, that's that's got to be the biggest worry more so than even just a show. Right. Because this one here is reliant on if this doesn't succeed, it'll be even harder to do the show. It's true. If I had one wish that I could have granted, it would be to change that culture in Calgary. So if you're listening, buy tickets before the two weeks before the performance. Buy your tickets soon. Buy your tickets often. It's just like the home lotto for life. Right. Like that's that one buys right away. They're not like tickets are on sale until Tuesday and then everybody buys the ticket on Monday. No, they start buying them right away. And so to that end, that's a challenge of its own that you have to moderate yourself. But what's challenging about putting on a fundraiser like this? What's been the hardships that you've had to like work your way through in putting this together? I would say the most challenging thing is when you have to wear several hats. Right. And you start to get a little loopy after a while because you're going here and there and here and there and back and forth. And so just having, uh, yeah, having more people to help share the load. That would be that would be really helpful. At the same time, it's not viable now. But. At the same time, I'm learning a lot, which I'm always excited to say, "Hey, I did this thing, and I never knew how to do that before." So, yeah. Like what? Anything you want to tell us about that you've learned? As I'm a part learning of this? about social media. Oh, <laughs> right. And and how to post and how to monetize and get things out there. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, you were at, and I mentioned this, and I was chatting with Untold Stories last week, and I don't think it made it onto the podcast, but I will tell you this at the Calgary Acts and annual general meeting, which you were at, one of the people had mentioned how hard it was that they would make a post and then no one would see it. Mm. And one of the directors of the artistic directors of Untold Stories said, you know, I put something up on Facebook, it gets me four likes. I put something up on Instagram, it gets me 300 likes. It's that big a differential. That was news to most of the people in the room. And I was there that day, and then I met with Swamp Donkey, who was doing their wonderful show that's upcoming around the same weekend as yours is, of the Spitfire Grill. And I mentioned it to the artistic director of Swamp Donkey. Hey, you know, like, this is something that Untold Stories had said. Lo and behold, two days later, their first ever Instagram post, this beautiful video, all this amazing stuff, music, sound, action, and whatnot went from a post with an image of the poster that would get three or four likes on Facebook, Mm -hmm. suddenly gets over a thousand likes within two days on Instagram. And I don't doubt that that leads to more eyes leading to more ticket sales. And so learning about social media is something that can definitely help drive not only a younger audience, just more audience as well. So 
did are you posting to Instagram? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did that catch your attention too at the AGM? When oh, yeah. St- oh yeah, everybody's eyes perked up. They're like, Ooh, what is Jason saying? That's relevant to me. And that's why Calgary Axe is important as that bridge because it teaches us things that we didn't necessarily know before. Now we have another way of looking at it to do even more. Uh, what's been challenging for you? Actually paring down all of the great ideas that have come through. <laughs> Um, we have a very... <laughs> what do you think your weakness is? I do too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. We have a great creative team that has a lot of creative ideas. And if I could implement them all, I would totally. Right. But to make it in an evening that'll be done you know, before the sun comes up requires a bit of, of tact and figuring out what will work, what doesn't work. And sometimes the hardest thing is is cutting something that would work right but there's just too much other stuff going on so yeah to fit it all in together trying to make a schedule and all that stuff charlotte did a a great job of of coming up with a schedule so now i'm trying to flesh out all the details and figure out what is the exact band set list and and work in the soloists and the extra members that are not part of the the band core the, the vocalists right all of that stuff working that all together that's probably been the trickiest thing for this so just scheduling have there been rehearsals then? There have been some meetings. We haven't had any official rehearsals yet, but I know that my band is practicing, so they're getting they're that's getting good. ready. That's as they should. Yeah. That's actually been one of the least stressful things for this right. event, which I've been so happy about. Is I've just said, "Here's your stuff. Can you work on it?" And they all go, "Yep, sure. On it. Already got it." It's like, "Sweet. I should get professionals to volunteer more often (laughs) if they will volunteer that's That's the the thing big issue with that yeah it sounds like the ideas have been rolling in as well as the functional execution of them it's not like you're just getting a bunch of ideas with no way of implementing yeah that's great and then you're just trying to pare back but you know what? That's not a bad thing either. No. Because then you just tuck all those in for the second for the annual second. fundraising gala. Yes. And take you back to 1924. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't really had any rehearsals yet, but we know that there's going to be probably a couple of rehearsals, at least a dress yeah. run and a, t- and a tech thing where people will all get together and you'll figure out the space in the space. But let's, we know where that's going to happen in the next two weeks. Let's roll back though. When and where did this idea first germinate and come from? When, how did this come together? Whose idea was it? I recall some, some board meetings, creative team meetings, talking about doing some kind of a cafe, some kind of of a a time travel, like let's go back to the sixties to the old coffee houses. Right. I think that's where the idea started to percolate. And uh, just like coffee. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like the old, you know, when Bob Dylan was still unknown, those types of places, those underground coffee houses where the folk music era started, mm-hmm. you know, was, was really spreading around. I mean, I wasn't and, there, but I'll, I'll take, yeah, you know, yeah. under advisement that I've read the Wikipedia <laughs> article. Yeah. Almost all of us are musicians on this yeah. creative team as well. Right. And so that's that's part of the scene that we're a part of as well is, you know, where did the music start? Where did it, where was it born? And so those are always places that draw our curiosity is, you know, how could we recreate an, a time, an yeah. era, a, a specific niche that, that would be really cool to just, you know, relive it. Was this set as an idea for a fundraiser right from the get-go? And when did that cafe conversation happen? Do you know if it was at the beginning of the summer of this year? Was it earlier than that? I do vaguely remember a conversation about a coffee shop in the summer with the small board before we added 
our, our newer members, Belinda as our stage manager and, and some other, other folks. That's the earliest I can recall it. When did you decide or when did you realize that you needed a fundraiser? That's, I guess, a better question. Last year, we yep. did two shows. We did Gone to Glory and The Railway Children. And both were very successful. However, absolutely, the funds that we started with at the beginning of planning production and all that, there's a certain point in time when you're looking at when you've opened ticket sales, nothing's coming in and you look at your expenses and the rent is due and and all of these fees are due for royalties and all of these things, correct? Mm -hmm. Realizing that, okay, uh, maybe um, maybe somebody's going to have to pull out a credit card to help us cover the costs. If, oh my goodness. Like, yeah. yeah. And I talked to other theater companies who've been through the same things. Sometimes a show is funded in debt. You know, somebody oh, takes we mean the sometimes. for it. That happens like- It happens a lot. So much, especially to companies that have done six shows or less. Yeah. You know, that's just going to be the way of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you haven't don't... even had time to apply for a grant, let alone get it. Yeah. So. We don't want to do that. We want to have yep. money in the bank so that we can put ourselves out there and know that our costs will be covered. And we can also plan. Here's our budget. Yeah. Here's the money. Here's what we got. Let's let's do the best we can with what we have. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're a small board with many hats, some of them large hats. But does that speak has Imagine as their previous iteration under Imagine Performing Arts, were they applying for grants as the board before that? Was that something that's been happening ongoing then? And this is just a way to ensure that your season will happen? There were some grants that Imagine acquired in the past. Oh, good. And when you have somebody who knows how to get those, that's yes. great. So um, important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> another thing to learn, another hat to right. try on is how to write for grants. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Daryl was able to get us a significant grant during COVID just as things were starting to roll back right. in. And that carried us a good bit through Gone to Glory. And then it's a stressful thing. I'm, I mean, yeah. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but like to come up with a budget and to put in all these numbers that are more or less arbitrary and then back to the whole Calgary doesn't buy till two weeks before the opening night. You have to wait till two weeks before the opening night before you can breathe again. Yeah. Actually for the railway children, one of the big effects with the steam coming out of the, um, out of the fireplace, turning it into a train at the end of the first act, I think it was like two days before we opened that we had a malfunction with the fog machine that I had in the fireplace. Oh no. And Charlotte was like, just get the more expensive one. Just do it. It's fine. But it wasn't until that point where someone was confident enough to see the tickets coming in and make a decision and say, yes, we're going to be okay. We're not going to go into the red by renting a $250 fog machine. Wow. Right? Like it's it's a stressful thing. And so Absolutely. having funds in the bank to be able to put in a number that is less arbitrary is better for everyone. That's incredible. So you got that smoke machine right away or did yeah. it take a day to get it in and we have acquired he's one of our newest board members jamie who is a jack of all trades in every sense of the word so him and i work pretty close together he knows lights way more than i do and so that was kind of the thing that got him into imagine but he has connections with everyone and anyone and so you say, hey, we need a fog machine or, hey, we need UV lights. Jamie's on the phone and like 24 hours later, something showed up. Oh, that's so awesome. He's a great asset to have. 
those are the greatest people to have yeah as part of your your ongoing back-end production team people yeah you need people who are willing to not only come up with an idea but then implement it yeah and execute on it that's super necessary i mean that's that's kind of been the story of imagine for as long as i've been a part of it like it's been just incredible people stepping up to the plate to fill in a role that needs to be filled or someone coming up with an idea and going oh why don't we try it this way and stuff like that and it's it's really a strong knit community and i love that about imagine and that's what makes it so much fun and that's what i think drives us to be as good as we are is everyone is working their hardest to make a show that tells a story that's worth telling so you are not done you have more stories to tell this fundraiser is here to help you tell those stories so the listener needs to get up off of their butt and get over to their <laughs> probably just swap out of this yeah, app and just move minimize to the right and buy their ticket for this upcoming fundraiser and put to rest the anxiety and worry that is writ large on the faces of the people in front of me <laughs> Thank you in advance. They are excited to present this to you. It is, as you can tell, a work of love, something that they have dedicated a great deal of time, energy, thought, money into, and they're hoping to get enough from this, from you, to go and put on the shows that are worth watching for you this season. I can't think of a better thing for you to do on a November 4th weekend. But I did want to ask one last question before I send you away. And that was, we, we all know what you guys are going to take away from this experience. And that is money. And that everybody's had a good time. <laughs> but what do you hope that people will take away from this? That they'll think back a year or two years down the road. Remember, we're going back into the past and this show will exist. This fundraiser is going to be there one time. You have one day to see this, to be part of this. In two, five, three years down the road, what do you hope people remember from this fundraiser and have taken away from it and, and made part of themselves? Oh, that's a great question. Right away, I think about our name, Imagine, right? Come down, find your way into the venue and imagine the possibilities. It will be different if you're not there, it will be very unique based on the people who are there, right? There's a synergy that happens in, and a chemistry of, of a certain group of people. So I'm excited to imagine what this will look like. And that's what I've been doing the whole time is, is yeah, let, let's imagine what this could be. So all your wildest dreams, may they come true. <laughs> wow. You remember all your wildest dreams coming true. That's... <laughs> That is a, it's a heady billing to, to slot under or to put in front of lights. <laughs> I want people to come away from the evening believing that they time traveled and speaking highly of us. We've been around for a few years, not that many, but there's still a lot of people that I talk to and they go, oh, Imagine Theater, what's that? I would like that question to never be asked again. 
Wow. Well, I cannot end it on a better note than that. Imagine Theater is an important upcoming growing company in Calgary. If you are looking to join this team in a production capacity, they would love to have you reach out to them. There is a link to that in the show notes, as well as the link to tickets. I will be there with my wife dressed to the, I was going to say nines, but I'll say the 23s. And I cannot wait to engage and take ourselves away for a night of good fun, good humor, and good times. This has been a labor of love and exhaustive energies from these two people and the team behind them. They've mentioned a couple of the people involved in this. There's doubtlessly tons more at this point, but community theater only exists if people come out and see it. And so turn the TV off, get up off the couch, drive down to Inglewood or area, find a car or something. (laughs) And the email you will get when you've got your tickets will tell you otherwise. This is surely a night you won't forget. Thanks for listening. Yay. (laughs) 